welcome to Marsha's Plate. This is an interview episode where we talk to friends, family, other community members, and anybody else we want to talk to. <laughs> hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? Hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? How you been doing? Just checking in today on you. Hey, what's up? This is your girl Diamond. I am so, God, I am so excited about this episode because this feels like some hometown shit that <laughs> makes me feel good. And, you know, ah. So yeah. this week, we are going to have the battle rapper J2 on the show. And I also have co-hosting this episode, and we'll talk about why um, my little brother, y'all heard from him before, you know, we were, you know, sharing our story. We was on some, you know, tell our past and our history with our mom and with um, our relationship and shit like that. But my he going to come on now as my co-host to talk about because he's an expert in battle rap because I'm not. <laughs> so welcome. J2 and my brother Rock. Yo, what up, though? What up, though? What's going on? What's going on? J2, pleasure to meet you, bro. Hey, my, hey, already, already. My pleasure. Um, it's super, it's super dope having this moment. Um, so we call and uh, talk to each other about stuff all the time. And um, I was just asking her about her show. I said, you know what? There's this guy you should check out. I just said, hey, I think this guy is dope. This dude is fire. You should check him out. And she kind of like, yeah, you know, say, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we're continuing with our conversation. I say again, hey, I think you should check this guy out. He's fire. Like, this nigga is nice. And she kind of keep going with the conversation again. And finally, she was like, what's, what's the name? Is it J-A-Y? I said, no, it's just a J. And a two. <laughs> J2. Right? I said type in J2 versus. And you're gonna see some stuff because she of course obviously, obviously she doesn't have the URL app. Right, right. Type <laughs> your name in, right? Type your name in. She says, This is I know him. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, like I'm like, okay, yeah, like all right, yeah, you know him or whatever, blah blah. And I was like, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's from Nap. If I'm not miss, he's somewhere from up there in that region. I think he's from Napa. I think I seen that in an interview or something. And I think I seen you. Uh, I think I seen you rep Hallville one time. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like, no, like I don't think you understand the relationship. I know him, and you know <laughs> we're here. So I, I yeah. think that's that was just a super like raw reaction moment of her. Being introduced, he, you know, my brother is a cishet dude. He, you know, what I'm saying he into rap. I ain't really into rap, like particular battle rap like that. So I'm like, oh, he's just suggesting somebody, and, and, and I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> cool. I get what you're saying. Now my brain is like, why is he suggesting this person? You know, and not, I know it's, I know it has to be relevant, relevant, but I'm like, mm. oh, wow. usually a motherfucker <laughs> suggests somebody. I'm like, eh, okay. I'll look them up. So while we're talking, 
I'm like, okay, I, I don't think I was at my desk or whatever. And when he, he kept talking and we going back and forth and I'm like, let me look this motherfucker up. And I said, wait, that's John John. I was like, no, that's my nephew. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck and, is It's so crazy when I, uh, when uh, Diamond hit me up, I was like, um, I was on the phone with, uh, I was talking to uh, one of my brothers in Tice. And um, when Diamond hit me, I was like, uh, we, we was in Messenger. And I was like, yo, it's so crazy how things come in full circle. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so crazy how, you know, you know, like, I, and I know Diamond remembers when I was like a little teeny bopper. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was young, crazy, wild, like a whole nother person than I am now. And, you know, now she's got a podcast, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm going to be on the podcast for, you know, what I've been doing in the culture. It's just, it's it's dope, though. It's like, it's crazy, crazy dope. I was like, I didn't even know he was on some rap battle shit. I was like, you know, I, I was like, I know him from when he was young, running, running the streets. And we, you know, we in the queer community kind of doing our thing. I was like, yeah. I didn't even know he was on some rap shit. And I was like, I need to really hit him up and see what's up. And when you said you was do it, I was like, oh, fire. We're going to we're going we're going to really do this. So let's get into the subject. We know that hip hop comes from a long um, history of you know it originated in new york and it's a long history of like hyper masculine um image particularly when we get into like late 80s early 90s it's, it starts to be like this really gangster thug rapping very 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 homophobic level of um you know content and one of the things that was always a staple, it's particularly in the beginning of um, hip hop history, is people being able to, you know, go toe to toe with each other with their rhymes, with their bars, back and forth, battle rapping. And, you know, and it's this competition between who who's better, who's better with their lyrics, who, who you know, it's kind of like a playing the dozens, roasting back and forth. And this is like an early thing with hip hop. And it has continued on and on and on. It has transformed into many different things and also turned into, you know, lucrative platforms for people. And so when when I think about the history and I think about even right now in our culture, because we are seeing this uptick in the acceptance of queer people, it is not surprising and surprising to me that now we finally have somebody breaking into that era, that era of um, in that arena, because we, we are seeing pop icons being created. We are seeing, you know, it's just a whole different, different level of acceptance. So it's only inevitable that it's going to happen in hip hop. So when my brother told me that somebody was doing, I wasn't surprised. I just was surprised that it was somebody that I actually knew. So can you talk to me about your history in, you know, interest in hip hop how you how you grew up because i we come from the same city a small small city that um you know the culture of hip hop is just it's just not it's just different it's kind of like when we think about the ball scene you know we know the ball scene came out of new york too and so there wasn't this big culture we wasn't having big balls and um i know there wasn't big ass orchestrated battle raps happening in indianapolis but we still had the connection to hip-hop so tell me about um you know you coming up 
in Indianapolis and how that interest started in hip hop? Um, well, you know, like I feel it's funny you should uh, bring up the ball scene because it's very, very similar. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, when you're in Indy, and you you know, like when we growing up in Indy, you see so much on TV. You know what I'm saying? And we come from that era of TV. We don't I don't come from the era of social media. You know what I'm saying? Like I was grown by the time it came around. So, you know, like you watch so much stuff on TV and naturally, you know what you want to do with you not necessarily emulate, but there's all I know for me, there was always something inside of me that wanted to be a part of. I didn't want to emulate it. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to do it in India. I didn't want, I didn't want to do my version of it. I wanted to be a part of, of this, of this, of this culture. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like, um, I feel like being, uh, being black, you are automatically damn near a part of hip hop. Now, if we go a little further, if you from the hood and you black, you are a part of hip hop. You are what they're rapping about. You know what I'm saying? You are what these songs are, 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 are emulate. You know what I'm saying? You are that. A lot of times um, the people that we see on TV are actually our spokespersons. If you if you know what I'm saying, if you look at it the way that I look at it, I look at it like, you know, as a youngster, you know, going up and I'm watching these people on TV. I'm watching the uh, the Jay-Z's. I'm watching the little Kim's and I'm looking at them as the spokesperson for our community. You know what I'm saying? Even being gay. Uh, so like. When I got to uh, when I got to Atlanta and when I moved uh, in twenty two uh, when I when I turned twenty two when I got to Atlanta um, I started to see because you know Atlanta's that mixing pot it's everybody from every different country, every different city so I started to see that there were so many other people like minded just like me and it opened up my brain to say okay you know the idea of being a part of this is not far fetched. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, you know, it's not something that can't happen. So, you know, like through through um, experience, slowly but surely, I decided that, you know, I definitely wanted to be a part of this. You know what I mean? Like somehow, some way it started with comedy. Then I was writing music for other people before I actually became J2, the artist that I am. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, you know, I think um I think it's just I think it's a little different when you are from a small city like Indy, because so many people have the mindset that you won't make it there. Like this is just on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like there there will not be you won't you won't be on TV with them. You're going to have to settle for watching it. You know what I mean? But when you I moved away and I uh, I think I had that resilience. And, you know, I also think what's meant to happen is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like one way or another, I was going to find myself here where I'm at. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, like that's really like the history of why I'm, why I'm here. You know what I mean? I knew I, this is where I was supposed to be. And we always try to look for ourselves in cultures that we relate to. We all, It don't matter whether you queer. It don't matter whether you, um, you know, from a small town, from a rural town, because when I, you know, we, me and Rakim, uh, we have connections in, you know, rural ass fucking Mississippi. And when we moved down there, when I was, he, he was younger than me, um, he was, um, he moved down there earlier than I did. And he was super young. And I came when I was 18 and we was in rural Mississippi and motherfuckers was, um, 
you know, connecting with hip hop and connecting with the culture of that even during that time. So we're going to always when we see black folks doing something, we're going to always find a space and in, 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 in a mind to understand that we are a part of this. And this yeah. is something they're speaking to our history and trying to find our lane and, and how we look in this, how we how we look how our our own situation reflect in this situation y'all give it you know y'all giving us the um you know the blueprint in uh, about the hood um but what about the hood in mississippi what about the hood in indianapolis what about the hood in atlanta all there's there are people who are going to relate to to and find themselves in that culture as a black boy whether you whatever your preference is as a black boy there is a connection to hip hop. And what, what I believe is that battle rap and spoken word and poetry are the closest forms to that con- to that actual connection of the umbrella of hip hop. Break dance and all of that stuff are a branch of hip hop. And um, just seeing it, no matter where you are, you could be in a car, you could be in the locker room, you could be at the lunch table, Somebody's going to be beaten and somebody going to want to kick around to it. And that's just what it is growing up, no matter where you're from, Alaska, Indiana, New York. Um, everybody knows things started in New York. But once once we got a, a whiff of that essence, I think every black boy made that connection um, to sports and music. For me personally, my first love was freestyling. It was not music. I love the art of freestyling. I love the art of uh, bars and kicking rhymes. And um, to me, growing up, um, I'm a 90s baby. So to me, in order to even be in my top five of anything, you had to have been on Rap City and went crazy in the booth, right? Um, so that was that was my criteria. And I really fell in love uh, with hip hop through freestyling, ciphers, and battle rap. So, what were what were some of your inspirations that made you just want to be a part of the culture? I know you you, you said you've seen it and you was like, "Hey, I wanted to be." But what what was your like actual inspirations of making you want to just jump in? Um, I think it was like back in the day watching. Um, and this gonna sound so cliche, but it's real. Uh, watching like Pac and Biggie. Um, watching these two, um, it was so amazing to me as a youngster watching these two regions, um, fight for respect, um, you utilizing the same art form. Like it was so amazing to me because the sounds were so different, which also led me to, uh, let, let me know that, you know, there isn't one way to do this, which was kind of like what inspired me with, you know, and let me know like, okay, he's doing it this way. He's doing it this way. You could do it your way too. You know what I mean? Like you have a you have a place here and it's not like, you know, this isn't like, again, like I was saying earlier, it's not like this is a different version of that. This is them doing them. This is their this is their this is what they've what they're given to to the culture of hip hop. And I feel like when um, I watch watching the, the Pac and the Biggie and as a, as a youngster and seeing the music change and seeing the music alter. I just, it just inspired me to want to be a part of that, of that push. And when things start to evolve, I want to be a part of the evolution. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I guess it was one of the things where uh, I didn't want to be left behind. 
And we see a we see that same sentiment when it comes to the girls too. When we think about Roxanne Chante, when we think about um, Foxy and Lil Kim, and um, you know all the girls coming up in the game, especially the early ones, you know, having to kind of put on this really really masculine persona, having to you know really say this I'm a part of this culture too, and I need to find my lane and need to find where I fit in, and and them thinking like you really trying to be strategic on how I can get in this game. I yeah. can you, that the, you see that in reflection in the girls too. So I I always but, wonder like you get what I'm saying how in the 90s and the early 80s how those kind of inspirations and people who were kind of off the beaten path of the normal, you know, hood nigga uh, situation, how I'll, did those people inspire you? Let me not uh pretend like the females did not inspire me. You know what I'm saying? Like growing up, I'm a gay man. You know what I mean? Like these females were I were idolized by us. But when I start thinking of inspiration and you know breaking into the culture, Trina, uh, when I was 14, um, I don't know if y'all, I, I know you kind of remember Sam Goody used to be a, a store in the mall where used to go get like you know DVD uh, CDs and shit. Um, I remember in '98, I was I was a freshman and I, me and my best friend we went to Sam Goody. And there was this little cassette tape, and it was Trina and Nan. And I just tricked Daddy and Trina. I just randomly got it. We had nobody had heard of them before. I just randomly got it. I got it. I played it, y'all. I was at Northwest High School, and I'm running around the school. I'm playing it to motherfuckers. I'm like, listen to this shit. This bitch is fire. Like, she's crazy. Like, I heard that shit. They like everybody just waving me off, waving me off. This is early '98. By the end of '98, everybody was screaming Nan. And it was uh, that was very, very inspirational to me to see because now she had a completely different sound than anybody. Nobody sounded like Trina when she came out and she kicked the door down. So to, even to the point where now they make memes. It's a joke. Uh, this is an important moment in black history when we first seen Trina. You know what I mean? Like she kicked that door down and she wasn't the most lyrical. She wasn't lyrical like a Lil' Kim. Like, when you hear Lil' Kim rap, Lil' Kim get busy. She got bars. She's going to be rapping very, very potently. But Trina came in with her version, or not her version, but her input into hip-hop, and it was rece received so well, even though, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't lyrical. It wasn't overly lyrical. It wasn't, um, she wasn't overly masculine. She wasn't trying to masculinize her, uh, if, can I say that masculinize that word? She wasn't trying to masculinize her femininity. You know what I'm saying? She was just doing her. And I think people like that in the culture are the ones that kind of like spark that fire in some of us. And like, yo, if you nice with it and you and you believe in what you're doing, you actually believe what this is where you're supposed to be at. That's what hip hop is about. The first girl I heard was um, was on this track from Too Short, Fight the Feeling. That was, you know, mm. I'm, I'm older than y'all. This was back in uh, late 80s. And um, and it when I was little, I would rewind. My mother used to, my mother used to, my mother was, a. I want to say she was just accepting, but she wasn't the type of motherfucker who um, like whooped you or did stuff like that. <laughs> if she, you know, if she said you doing some gay shit, but, but I would <laughs> fucking repeat that part of with too short and i don't even know the girls it was a multiple girls that was singing on this part you know they'll just throw a chick on a track just to do a girl version 
I would rewind that part and 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 just keep rapping it. I ain't I wasn't even nowhere near trying to be no rapper, but just just the fact that this is the first time I'm hearing women on a track talking shit to a nigga because just like Trina did in Nan, they was doing that to Too Short where they were reading him and talking shit back to him. Nigga, please, you provoke no feeling. You must have forgot the girls at whom you're dealing. It's not about the height, weight. When I say Too Short, you know what I mean. You see, I need a man, not a boy to approach me. It was so hard. And it was that kind of Oakland vibe because mm. it was too short and it was just uh i just fucking loved it and they killed it and i just re- that's one of the first time me hearing um you know chicks on a track and it was just it was just fire oh my god i want to thank all of our new patrons this week thank you thank you thank you so not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast you know i also donate to other podcasts i donate to other organizations i have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch i am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter anything helps please do i have to play sarah mclaughlin and show you puppies like what do i have to do do i have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money all righty anyway thank y'all and the patreon and paypal link is at the bottom back to the show so you get this inspiration in the 90s and i remember in in my history um you know during the 90s i don't remember any kind of queer um rapping thing the very first time that i heard about an artist being like just an openly like a homo thug rapper da 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 was back in like 2002 there was this artist called caution and in in and he was he, he's actually strouted to be the first gay artist that was signed to some kind of record label and he was actually signed by um Russell Simmons and oh, wow. in in that history what what ended up coming out is that apparently he wasn't really gay and it was just some kind of gimmick that they were doing to try to get kind of like vanilla ice <laughs> yeah pre eminem motherfucker and so they it was like this gimmick about him being gay when when i saw that i was like what that means is there's some kind of cultural shift happening where some some executive director is tapping into there is a market for this shit y'all so let's see if we can play this game and with him they tried to play the game now he didn't blow up because the world wasn't ready but a little bit later um probably um maybe two or three years later i hear kanye west on an interview with sway and kanye west is talking about the homophobia in hip-hop culture and how it wasn't cool Everybody in high school be like, yo, you acting like a fag. Dawg, you gay? I used to deal with that when I was in high school. And what happened is it, um, it made me 
kind of like homophobic because it's like I would like go back and like question myself like damn why is everybody else walk like this and I walk like this so why is then you start just looking because you don't realize until you're in high school people like yo fam look at you look at how you act if you see something and you don't want to be that because it's such a negative connotation towards it you try to separate yourself from it so much that it made me homophobic Mm-hmm. By the time I was through high school, like anybody that was gay, I was like, yo, get away from me. And really, like Tupac said, started hanging with the thugs. And you look up, and all my friends were like really thugged out. And it's kind of like I was racing to try, try to find that constant masculine role model right there to the point where it's like I would really discriminate, like I use the word fag, 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 like always condescending uh, towards gays and, and, look, and look down upon gays. And I remember my cousin told me that another one of my cousins was gay. And at that point, it's kind of when the turning point where I was like, yo, yo, this is my cousin, I, I, I love him. Like, and I've been discriminating against gays it's like, do I discriminate against my cousin? And then everything starts to click. You know, he brings his partner with him to like Thanksgiving and all that. Um, and you just had to sit back and think like, damn, you know, hip hop really is about, um, it seemed like it's about like fighting for your rights in the beginning, about speaking your mind and about breaking down barriers or whatever. But everybody in hip hop discriminates against gay people. To me, like, that's one of the standards of hip-hop, is to be like, yo, you fag, you gay. Matter of fact, the exact opposite word of hip-hop, I think, is gay. <laughs> like, yo, you play a record, and it's, it's like whack, that's gay, dog. You know, if it's good, that's that hip-hop right there. You see what I'm saying? It's like the exact opposite. So it's like the, me speaking for my entire culture, or me looking at my rappers out there, Hip-hoppers discriminate against gay people. Mm-hmm. I wanted this to just come on TV and just tell my rappers, just tell my friends, like, yo, stop it, fam. Mm-hmm. Like, like, seriously, that, that's, that's really discrimination. To me, that's exactly what they used to do to black people. I'm just trying to tell people, just stop all that. This is out of Kanye West's mouth when he was early in his game. And, it, and this is when it wasn't cool to kind of show up for, to gay people. When oh. did you start to see a shift in, oh, the culture is changing from your point of view? This generation uh, of straight people now, completely different than the straight people I grew up with. They're way, way, way more accepting. I've seen um, like some of the younger guys, even in battle rap, that um that I talked to, it doesn't even cross some of their minds to be homophobic. Cause they weren't because they were born, you know, it's 2020. Some of these motherfuckers was born in 2000. So by the time they were, you know, of age to start making decisions and shit, it's 2008, 2009. That shift has already happened. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of these got like it's so much more accepted. And I think a lot of times it's being accepted because you look at it and you're like, I mean, we can't we can't hate these hate these niggas. These niggas is where are we getting everything from. They're running the they're running the, they're running the eight they're running these uh, uh uh these record companies. They're running these media outlets. 
You know what I mean? I think um, media had a big, had a big, big, was a big thing because when you see something on TV, that sparks conversations. When you see something on the internet, it sparks conversations and these conversations are being had in households with gay people and straight people because we do coexist. Whether people like to believe it or not, gay people don't aren't just born, you know, in 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 a gay world, you know, someplace, you know, that's far fetched. Like we all actually coexist. So these conversations are being had. And I think um, in like 2000, around 2006, 2007, 2008, I think when the conversations were being had. It were, they were being had with people in the household that were openly gay. And, and so like the little brothers, the little cousins and shit that would have normally been homophobic are now naturally accepting of it because this is what it is now. So I think so. I think when we, I think when the Internet grew and social and social media started to grow, I think that was the big shift because I think that's when it was in everybody's face. Rakim, when did you start seeing that shift happen as a straight man? Did you, I don't know if you remember. There was this uh, uh, transsexual battle rapper called uh, No Shame, mm -hmm. and she battled on the uh, she battled in the league. Ltd. Uh, grind time. Oh, grind time. Yeah, mm -hmm. grind time, and then uh, moved over to uh, King of the Dot. Ltd. And we saw some things, and then there there were plenty of gay. Uh, female battle rappers, mm -hmm. um, but there were no, and there were some, there were some gay male battle rappers, but it wasn't, it never took fire, it never caught fire, right? Where, um, hip hop aside, hip hop culture aside, battle rap culture, what, I, where I think the the shift happened, we started seeing different groups of people that weren't accepted in this realm. As I was telling her, for example, when Christian battle rappers started to hit the scene, it was kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Here we are, we have these gangster gritty lyrical artists talking about guns, drugs, and killing that is the majority of the substance that you hear in the underground battle rap culture and here we have christian battle rappers who don't curse who don't talk about gun violence who don't talk about drugs and they are extremely becoming successful just because of pure talent mm -hmm. they took their niche in what they did and their talent blew up and i started to start i started to see a change and then there started to be more white battle rappers mm -hmm. then there started to be asian battle rappers and all it, all type of stuff i'm like wow we don't let christian battle rappers in cool and it's right. actually kind of fire that's a key phrase we let it's a very key <laughs> phrase you talk about uh hip-hop when you talk about battle rap it, it gives the idea that we weren't already a part of you feel what I'm saying? Like I hear, I hear nigga like Averb. Averb, one of the guys that says, you know, y'all let this gay nigga do this, and I'd be like, bro, you can't, bro. I'm, I was born into this. And there's a and level then, of gatekeeping. What you talking about? There is a level of let in. There is a level of where 
if they for if you don't think about it in the sense of we always being here, there is a level of letting in. Like we were just, yeah. just talking about the girls. Like who is gonna let a girl come and be on a track with me? Who is gonna right. let you know let that 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 perspective be told and get on the track and become mm-hmm. a public thing? Somebody had to let, and it, and and a lot of time it can be the consumer. So a lot of times it can be whoever's the promoter sometimes right. like who 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 I it's kind of like we were talking about last night Rakim about like um America Idol America Idol you got these these stars who have talent early on but we don't know when they're going to get to the big stage somebody who listened to them sing before they even got to Simon Paula and um and Randy before it even got there somebody said you got the juice. You got you got the skill to come through. Somebody who's not famous like Randy Paul and Simon. Somebody regionally said, hmm, boom. Because there's a lot of people who who like on American Idol that didn't make it their first round coming in auditioning, but somebody said no. And then fi- they came back and tried again, and somebody let them say, "Yeah, we got you." And so I feel like it's the, it's that there's a level of gatekeeping where somebody said, hmm. Boom, we can we're gonna let this come through right now. And so, right. and usually if we let it come through, it's because, like you just said, it's because of your skill set. Your skill is so undeniable at this point. Let it come through. See what happened. Yeah, because Im- imagine battle rap without a low show right now, where we're at right now. Like imagine battle rap without um the saga. You know, these are Christian battle rappers and, you know, like somebody and their skill level is so high. It's like, why would we not allow this to happen? Like, why would we not listen to this? This is amazing. This is amazing material. This is amazing content. You know what I mean? Like, why would we not allow this? And and like I said, I think, like you said, there is a level of gatekeeping. And in some ways, I think it's kind of good. You know what I mean? We should we should be warranting, um, you know, like, um, 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 you know, we should know who's a part of our culture and we should be able to, we should be able to say, Hey, you know what? We not doing that. You not, you, this, this part of this, this shit, we not doing that. It shouldn't be biased based on, um, you know, sexuality or race or anything like that. However, there are certain, you know, sectors of people that I feel like we should, you know, like you said, that those gatekeepers are there for. And battle rap culture, I think that is um, a level of, like you were saying, a level of gatekeeping are important because there are people that I feel were on like a kamikaze mission. Like they used a gimmick to try to get in it just to be the first doing this or the first doing that. But the difference is a lot of those people were weeded out because we saw they had no talent. Battle rap culture, if you're not bringing no bars to the table, we're eventually we going to say, nope. Yep. No matter if you're the first, you could be the first astronaut rapping. Once you get on that stage and your ass. Because if you don't go out of space on, on this on this stage, we don't really give a fuck what it is you did. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be cute. The blogs will talk about it for a little bit. We could use you in some battle rap bars, but we're not about to get you booked. We're not about to sit up there for 30 minutes and watch no trash as battle rap. It's not gonna happen. It's funny because when I uh when I went viral the first time, um, if you're familiar with I had the bar with Lady J, um, 
uh, she's from Houston. Uh, she, uh, everybody thought then that I was one of those. They thought I was on a kamikaze mission. They thought I was a gimmick. They thought, you know, oh, he just, he's just here just to say some wild, crazy gay shit to us. And, and not, not realizing that the Lady J battle was like my ninth battle, maybe, or something like that. And I had battles all before that where I didn't do any kind of shock factor bars like that. And that bar wasn't even supposed to be any kind of shock factor. It was literally supposed to be disrespect. You know what I mean? Like that, because that's what that's what battle rap is. It's disrespect. But after that, I had to you had I had to go outside and prove that I had that skill set and that my talent was up to par to battle with these guys because coming into it, like I that's what like that's what we thought. We was like they everybody thought, like, okay, he just out here talking about sucking dick. He the gay dude. Is this what we finna do with the culture? We just gonna let niggas come in here and go viral. You know what I mean? I didn't get nothing off of going viral. They didn't do shit. I mean, it, it, a lot of people knew me, but I didn't like get any kind of I didn't, I wasn't able to monetize it. So, you know what I mean? It wasn't like that for me, but from the outside looking in it, that's what it could look like. Somebody's trying to use our culture to, you know what I mean? And honestly, um, I saw that, I saw that clip of that battle and I didn't even recognize that was you because when I, when I fully got in tune with your work, you had already had plenty of battles. I had to go back and see what what was going on and i was like oh this the nigga from oh okay when did your like your first battle like when did that vibe when you when you in your zone where i'm you know i can do this shit when did you start battle rapping when did that start um it's literally it's okay so, yeah it's literally been four years at the uh beginning of march the beginning of march it'll be four years i'll be celebrating my uh four-year anniversary uh shout out to battle rap because my uh first battle i battled a guy named static and um static had uh he was online like he was wild disrespectful wildly disrespectful like honestly going into the battle Going there, I uh, I didn't think I was ever going to be a battle rapper after this. I thought I was going to get to round to my second round and we was going to have to fight because I knew I was coming in there to say some overly disrespectful things. And and he was going to say some shit. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm only going to let you say so much. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not familiar with battle rap at this point. You know what I'm saying? I'm still very, very new to this. And he was already online talking crazy. And I wasn't familiar. From where I'm from, if you talk to me like that, when I see you, it's up. I don't give a fuck what happens. You talk to me like that, when I see you, we going. When I got there, it was it was cameras outside. So I'm still thinking that this is going to be a little grittier. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm thinking URL is where the stage is. Everything else that's not on URL or RBE is in the streets. It's gritty. So when I got there, there were, um, like I said, there were cameras outside. The people outside sparring. I walked up. And um, I got in there and I wrapped the first round. And I remember um, towards the end of my first round thinking I could have did something better. And when I and in that same moment, I also thought, oh, you're locked in at this shit because you're already critiquing your work and you ain't even got off stage yet. You know what I'm saying? Like you're already, you know, thinking about what, what you're going to do next time. You know what I'm saying? And then it was in the uh, second around where uh i got like one of the biggest i got the biggest reaction of the night um had bar of the night you know what i'm saying it was in that round that i knew i was like yo i'm, I'm hooked i can't i did i did stand-up comedy you know what i'm saying and i love doing stand-up comedy it's, it's fun there is no other feeling you're gonna get in 
besides battle rapping. Battle rapping gives you an entirely different feel and it's addicting. It's like a drug. Let me ask you this. So like, you know how when we think about like Vogue and shit, there are elements to what you got to bring to Vogue, right? There are elements. What are some of those, like if you translate into battle rap, what are some of those elements that a, that a, a fire ass artist has to have in this genre? What are some of those elements? Um, first off, stage presence. Stage presence is definitely one of those. Um, this is the exact... Uh, this is the exact metaphor I use when I'm explaining to certain newer battlers what to do. I tell them like there's elements to this, but um, uh, stage presence, bars, um, um, uh, scheming, um, aura. You know what I mean? Like there's uh, there's so many different. More than five, of course. Um, to be familiar with J two, um, he's not displaying it right here, but. He always has a certain look uh, about himself as far as like once he hits the stage, he has a, a special unique haircut that only he rocks. Um, his beard is always doing doing something. It might be it, like right now. I've never seen your beard like this right now. It's always doing something. Yeah. And that's just part of the that's just a part of the show. That's a part of the uh the aura and, and and what you bring to the stage and so it's funny to bring it's funny um hearing you say or like hearing you bring up comedy because you can see because you have that because you have that history and because you have that you kind of know how to control a crowd when i when i see you battle on stage you don't really get rattled and when um uh, hecklers are in the crowd you don't really get rattled it's, it's it's pretty much level um even kill but also the the stage presence the cadences getting giving people time to react to what you just said getting time for people to grasp what you just said on stage right. so you definitely can see that that stage presence from comedy translating over you definitely can see in the appearance you know, right. um, just being a performer on stage, all of that uh, just a, a alludes to what I'm bringing as the full package. Yeah, that's a fact. It's in like because even acting on uh, acting, you know what I mean? Like when you're on the stage, you see this audience. And as an actor, for me, I'm, I think I'm always just thinking like what I can do to make sure that I'm received correctly. And battle rap is just that's just it. It's just concentrated. There's so many different yeah. elements have to have but i think stage presence bars and um delivery are the three keys to battle rap if you don't have stage if you have one if you excel at one of those you're probably going to get further than somebody that doesn't like if some if one person is is okay with it he's okay with stage presence he's okay with delivery he's okay with a little bit of bars but somebody else has a lot of bars they're going to get over because they they because they're they're really good at that and that's one of those elements that we are looking for somebody that has some amazing stage presence hit me a holler stage presence and delivery out of this world does he have bars yes is is he just bar heavy as b magic no but is he amazingly talented on that stage when he touches the stage he knows how to he knows how to control the room and and that I think those are yeah those three are probably the key components because you can't get in you can't do this without one of those three you know excelling it well at least one of those three. Let's talk about some of like your tough toughest battles for you. 
what did that look like coming into, you know, who was some of the people that you was like, man, I feel like this motherfucker going to take me out. But man, I, 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 you know, I did it. I did my thing. What um, were those moments? Drugs was probably my first, uh, my first really controversial battle where I was battling a name. Like this put me in front of um, a lot of uh, top tier battle rappers because this was the first time that Gates of the Garden came to Atlanta. Gates of the Garden is based out of New Jersey. And up until this point, they were, you know, just on the East Coast. I think they had maybe did an event in Philly, but they had never came this far. And so they brought a lot of the a lot of their guys, a lot of the top tier guys. They all came to Atlanta and I had one of the top tier guys over there, like one of the guys that was a real big gunner at the time. But he's still one of the gunners uh, drugs. And it was that was the battle that uh, that was the ba first battle that you ever see me get rattled. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but it was like 1230 in the morning. I was drunk. I was supposed to have already battled. They tried me. I got mad. I was ready to fight. So they, so when you watch the battle, that's why like the third round is short. And I say, fuck it. I don't want to rap no more. But it was the first time. But also, I, I'll say that that wouldn't have happened had it been a lower tier guy. So this was the first time that I actually had a struggle with actually battling because up until that point, I hadn't battled anybody with the name that had any more star power than I did. Really, You know what I'm saying? But he had a lot more star power than me. And it was just it was it was a rough battle. I got the first round off uh, really, really well. And then the second round, like the crowd, the crowd wasn't fucking with me. They was like, who is this gay nigga rapping? He talking about beating up his daughter. What the fuck's going on? You know, like it got it got like that. People started walking off. Like when I tell you it was like it was horrible, you know what I mean? Like it got really, really bad in there. Um, I'm shooting for my rematch too, mind you. So whenever y'all see this interview, like, no, I'm shooting for my rematch. But um, it was horrible. It was a horrible, uh, it was just a horrible way for a battle to go down. But I still kept on going afterwards. Like, got done with the drugs battle. I was like, all right, what's next? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's next? And so uh, and then a little uh, that year was actually an amazing year for me that was like the that was like the tide turner it was the drugs battle and then after that i started actually getting paid up until that point i wasn't getting paid any money to battle i was battling for the opportunity you know what i'm saying like i wasn't i wasn't getting any money that was the first time like i actually got a bag to battle and then uh that same year uh rbe called and when rbe called that was one of those it, it's so funny because being a gay nigga in battle rap there there was so many first times and big moments because every time i did something it was like uh my brother emb being on rbe it's good it's great but you straight you're supposed to like this is what you know what i'm saying like they had never had a gay dude on rbe and i got to the platform um they came they were throwing events down here and they have a uh, they have a, a program called one sks and the one sks are battles that they have before the main events you know what i'm saying so it'll be like a small battle with some newer guys they'll do a one rounder that'll be it rba never had a gay person on the platform and it's one of the top three leagues and when i got the call for it um it was a, it was a big deal it was a really, really, really big deal. It wasn't a hard battle. I battled Yoshi. I smoked her. But it was still a big deal because at this point, I'm not battling her anymore. I'm battling the crowd. Because this crowd could easily say, we don't want to see. These gatekeepers could easily say, we don't want this here. They can easily say that I have to be overly good. You know what I mean? Like, I have to, I have to like, 
I got to go crazy. And, and what was crazy is I was still only in my second year. So I didn't really have the experience. Um, I like, I battled drugs that, that year. I shouldn't have battled drugs that year. I shouldn't have battled drugs so soon. It was way too soon for me to be battling drugs. You don't understand, but it happened. Um, and so I didn't have that experience. So like I said, it was, it was that I was scared. I was, I was nervous going into it, not because I felt like she could beat me, but I felt like, you know, again, not looking at it like that. But what it was, was I was scared that these gatekeepers could be like, you, you was good on the little small leagues. This is the big league and we're not doing that. This is one of the things that um, I really want to highlight and talk about as far as like J2 really standing up and prevailing against some of those gatekeepers that we're talking about. Um, before you even click on the battle, the title reads something to the nature of drugs versus J2 controversial battle. Yep. So if you didn't know anything about J2 at all, you already know you probably about to be in some shit. There's probably some shit about to go down in this battle just from the title. Before the battle starts, there is a clip of an interview from drugs. In the interview, they're saying, they're asking, like, you know, what's going on with this battle? Like, what made you take it? What made you accept this battle? And shout out to Drugs. Drugs is saying, I don't give a fuck what his preference is. The nigga can rap. That's why I took the battle. I'm not here to dive into the other shit. The nigga can rap. Y'all paid me. I'm about to... I'm about to go in. When you're a newer up-and-coming battle rapper, sometimes it will pay for you to invest in yourself. And by investing in yourself, you pay another battle rapper to battle you. That's the way that that's the way that this culture works. Um, and when they were coming down here, uh, Gates of the Garden is a, a pay-to-play kind of league. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to battle the big names, you want those names on your resume, you're going to have to pay it. I paid $800 for drugs. Out of my own pocket. I pay $800 for drugs. When uh, the battle got set up, I was told that I was good to rap however long I'm, I want to rap. When we got on when we got on stage right before we were about to battle, drugs was like two minutes. And I thought he was saying like two minutes before we start rapping. I was like, oh, we finna start in two minutes. He was like, nah, two minute rounds. I was like, two minute rounds? I was like, I got like three and some change. Like, I, I pay $800, bro. I'm finna come in here and rap. Like, we, we not doing no two minute rounds. And so he's like, nah, I got paid for two minute rounds. I'm like, so he calls uh, his manager at the time. Well, not really manager, but his league owner, uh, Dre Dennis. He called Dre Dennis over there. And Dre Dennis was like, yeah, he was like, uh, two minutes, I guess. I'm like, nah. So I called Chris Petty because that's who booked the battle for me. I tell Petty to come. I'm like, Petty, come over here. And so Petty gets over there. And he's like, this ain't my league. I immediately start flashing. So what you don't see on the camera before the, before the camera uh, cuts on, I start flashing. Like I'm, I'm, cause and mind you, it's like twelve o'clock, twelve thirty in the morning. I'm off like two fifths of crown. I don't, I, like I'm, 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 I'm lit. You know what I'm saying? And now you telling me that you told me I could rap however long I want to, but now he's saying he's only been paid for two minutes, and he's only gonna allow, and I'm only gonna be allowed to rap two minutes of my material, which is gonna fuck up my entire round. Now my round is completely fucked up. So now what I have to do is, at first I wasn't gonna rap at all. 
they like, okay, J2, look, this is your opportunity. This is a great opportunity for you. Everybody in the room been waiting on this battle. They've been wanting to see this battle. They want to see drugs battle the gay dude. Everybody wants to see this. You got to get your shit right. So I was like, fuck it. So I goes it back inside. And when the uh, first round comes, I'm already iffy because I know I have to cut this off in two minutes. So I don't know what I'm going to do in my second round because there were things I said in my first round that related to the second round, but they weren't going to fit in that two minutes. So I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm I, All this is going on in my head while I'm rapping and then nobody's reacting to some of the fire shit I'm saying. So now I'm like, OK, everybody really kind of got me fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm 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 like y'all, y'all, y'all and y'all playing me. And I know the only reason I'm going through this is because I'm gay. The only reason I'm going through this is because I'm gay. If I was straight, we wouldn't even be having these discussions. You wouldn't even be scared to let me rap. But you don't want me to rap my full time because in, dr in drug set, he was like, bro, you can beat me. I only got two minute rounds. Now, at the time, I was still new to battle rap. I didn't realize he was on some bullshit. He was going off of paper and on paper, he was correct. He got paid for two minute rounds. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like this was on Petty. This wasn't on drugs or Drake Dennis. This is on the person that I paid the money to. Going from um, that situation, and and this is this is why it leads up to this. Now you're starting to see some of those layers be pulled off. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you start to see some of those doors kicked in. You're starting to see some of those naysayers kind of like, hmm, this nigga yeah. is fire, right? So before the Danny Myers versus J2 battle even starts, Mac Myron gets on the microphone and say, yo, this is my, and you know, shout out to Mac Myron, he a Midwest nigga too. Um, he gets on there, he said, yo, this is my brother J2, he's fire, shout out to him for being the first nigga doing this shit, regardless of what's going on, this nigga goes crazy, this my brother, shout out to him. And uh, just talk about what that what that cosign and other cosigns like that mean for you. Um, that like that moment right there, bro. Like that was one of the that was like one of the biggest moments in my head because I knew then like I was transcending. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew that I I I I I, I was getting confirmations because by the time I battled Danny, I was already I had already started the Crucible, but it's but it had been booked before I got the Crucible. It just COVID had fucked it up, so we dead away. But that moment like that with uh Mac Myron co-signing me at that moment, it was like letting me know, like, okay, bro, all you gotta do is keep going. Just keep going. You can't you can't let your foot off their neck yet. Like you got another about two, three years of like going crazy to really, really make your mark in this shit because you have somebody like Mac Myron that's that's a hood nigga. That's a regular hood nigga. Like he gets up there and and he's amazing. He's an amazing talent. He's respected all over the culture. There isn't a platform he hasn't touched. Um, and to get that co-sign from him was kind of like, it was like, it, it was amazing. Like that, that moment there let me know that I wasn't going to be continue that. I knew there were going to be rooms I was going to have to fight in, but I knew I had a good portion of battle rap behind me. Pause. Okay. And then moving along, I start to see you transcend where, where I was first introduced to you was the Yoshi battle. And that's the battle where he talked about um, being on that uh, prestigious platform, which is one of the top three leagues, RBE, Reverie Entertainment. And he's battling an up-and-comer, uh, it's a female named Yoshi. But in my opinion, that is where you, we started to see you um, 
we could look at this person and possibly consider him a household name or somebody that's going to be um, very dangerous in this culture. Can you kind of talk about, you know, what that did for your career, leaving that RBE stage, transitioning and, you know, getting ready to prepare for the URL? Uh, it was uh, at that time uh, when I when I touched RBE, I had been told that I was never going to make it on URL. Not make it, but I wasn't like that they were not going to book me. That's what I had, I, I had been told. They were like, URL is just not going to book you. We've already actually talked about it. And they said, no, they're not going to book a gay nigga on URL. So when I got off the stage from RBE, that was the only question that people were asking me, though. Everybody was asking, like, okay, so are you going to be on URL? As if I could just snap my fingers and be on URL. I was on the fence of continuing battle rap because my goal was to be the first gay battler on URL. I wanted to touch all the platforms. RBE was the first one I did it on, but I knew I still wanted to touch URL. And I was kind of like, well, if I'm not going to touch URL, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? Like what I've already touched RBE. Like I can collect a bag on RBE, but my name wasn't, um, my name was, was big, but it wasn't, I was still, I still opened up for all the big names that night. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like we opened to translate, up. To translate what J2 is saying, y'all, he's basically saying, if I'm not going to make it to the NBA, what am I hooping for? Basically. And that's, yeah. that's what uh, URL Ultimate Rap League is the ultimate platform. It is the NBA of battle rap. Yeah, it is. And and it was kind of like I was I was debating and then, on and then you're saying that they already had told you, put a bug in your ear, that they weren't gonna even fucking let you in. So another part of the gatekeeping. They were like, like I'm not gonna book that. You. Yeah, that came from like staff. They they was like, you know, we uh we're talking about, you know, getting you on the platform because I knew Norbs and he was over the PGs and I, I would pull up to the events, get in for free. You know what I mean? Like Norbs, you know, he, he you know, he endeared me. But he also said that they weren't going to book me. You know what I mean? Like they would never let me hit the main stage. So I was just kind of like, all right, well, you know, what's next? Like I'm, I'm the biggest name. Like I'm one of the, I'm top five in Atlanta, you know, at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I'm on my shit, but at the same time, I'm feeling like I'm peaking because there isn't like, like, like I said, I'm not going to get that URL call. So really, what more can I really do? Everybody's always going to be able to hold that over my head that they're on URL. And there's so many guys that are on URL. I'm never going to be a top tier. It and you knew like, this was because you was queer. Yeah, absolutely. They told me I wouldn't be on URL because I was gay because they weren't. They had me thinking that Beasley and P were like these big homophobes. And and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the first person to tell you it's not true. Sometimes sometimes I think people uh put out propaganda to make it seem like there's this um that there's this fight all the time between gays and straights when a lot of times there isn't, it's just the idea of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Beasley's not like, as soon as I got off stage on URL, like when we talk about that, Beasley came up to me and was like, yo, how are you on short prep? Cause I'm booking you again. Beasley. So talk Matt, about talk it now. We there talk about it now. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> that feeling of, of saying, yo, I got to invite to the crucible. So now I'm, I'm this is about to be, y'all said I wasn't going to do it, but, clearly that, something's happening that was the uh like that was that moment like that was when i realized i was like okay now you got to like take this serious take this shit serious all over again because now 
the uh, the trajectory is completely different. You got the call for URL. And I know I'm nice. I know I'm fire. I know I have a fan base now. I have a big fan base now. Like people recognize me. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, now that I got the call for URL, I know I can actually take this to the level that I thought I was going to be able to, that I thought wasn't going to happen. You know what I'm saying? And, and shit, once I got to, um, when I rapped the first time on the Crucible, when I hit the Crucible and I rapped that first time in that little bitty ass room and, and P is standing there and it's all the people that you hear about and that you see that are from behind the scenes. All the behind the scenes people that you hear about that are actually movers and shakers of this culture are in the building right now. And it's only like 15 of them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's only, but these are the, these are the ones and they're sitting there watching me rap. And I went in there and I lost my fucking mind. Like I went crazy for the first round of the crucible and they, uh, they loved it. They fell in love with it. And when I seen the reaction from that, I was like, Oh yeah, y'all got me fucked up. Uh, I'm in here now fast forward and now i'm in the trenches on url you know what i'm saying like i'm a part of the i'm like i'm the new class you know what i'm saying that people are talking about me i'm getting i'm getting like noticed even more now like i'm out and about and people are just recognizing me because you know it's a it's a huge platform um when i got the call for ultimate madness i was i was geek i i really thought like i i bro i thought that it was meant for me you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that money was just meant for me. I thought I was supposed to win it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think everybody does when you get that call. But it was it was the call that I that I needed because I knew then I'm like, OK, I'm I'm I'm, go I'm going to stamp myself on this culture because now it's caffeine. Now, this is the creme de la creme of battle rap. Like it gets no bigger than this. This is caffeine. This is this is this is the main stage. URL Saturdays when URL puts on an event. This is the event that they're watching, and it's me. You know what I'm saying? So like, I knew then, like, okay, I'm I'm hitting, I'm hitting levels that you know what I'm saying. I didn't even, you know, I didn't know this was all going to happen because, mind you, while I'm growing in battle rap, battle rap is growing. Battle rap itself as a culture is like going crazy. It's so much more money in it now. Like, like money is like for, and, and this is happening as I'm growing. So I'm growing. I feel like I'm growing with battle rap at this yes, time. Cause I, I'm seeing coming in my radar. I'm not even in the culture, but because I'm in the music and I'm on different, what you call it. I'm actually seeing like it's coming into my radar where I'm like, Oh, that's, this is popping where I'm looking at videos. I'm like, Oh, this is fire. Yeah, and it's and it's like now I'm no longer uh I'm no longer you know trying to get in this culture like like I said we're past that I I I hold stock in this culture now you know what I'm saying like this is like I you know what I mean like I take it very seriously and now seeing what battle rap has become over the last four years that I've been a part of it is just it's it's crazy and and to know that I'm on the front line of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm on the next uh, URL event in, in in Houston in February. You know what I'm saying? To know I'm on the front line of it, it's like, but it's so much more work to be done. It's still so much more work I got to do. Like I'm not even because again, I still haven't touched that. I just battled on Midnight Madness. Like the biggest, you know, Midnight Madness was crazy, and I just battled over it in front of Remy Ma. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm getting these different looks and shit, but I'm also seeing like there's so much more work I got to do because. I'm still looking at Remy Ma as, yo, I'm in front of Remy Ma. And I got to transform myself to be the person that people are like, yo, I'm rapping in front of J2. 
You know what I mean? Like, and there are a lot of people that are like that. I get calls to do, you know, to judge shit. Like, they, you know, they they treat me like that in the culture now because they respect me like that. But I, I need everybody to, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be that. I really want to be that household name. Now that you've made it to here, you know, you have broke this barrier. There's going to be some people that's coming behind you. You, you get what I'm saying? You are that motherfucker that opened this door this wide. What is your hopes for the future? What is your... um? You get what I'm saying? Your dreams and where this is going to go for you. Um, I want to, you know, I want to get back into acting. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, uh, but now it was funny because like I, originally I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to use battle rap, touch URL, become big. And then, you know, just leave it alone and go to acting and shit like that. But now the culture has become so much a part of me. Now I want to see, I want to see battle rap as a culture become as big as the NFL or the NBA, like, I, and I don't think it's far-fetched. It's very, very, very tangible. You know what I mean? Like, and it's really, like, close to that. You know what I mean? Like, it's becoming one of those things. I want to see it, and I want to be, I want to be one of the ones. I want to be one of the reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be the reasons when I go, through, when I become, a, when I start acting again, I want to be able to walk into uh, uh, parts because of who I am. You know what I mean? Like, you like you know, like, you see the, uh, the NBA players that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm an actor, naturally, though. But you see, like, NBA players, that if they decide they want to act, they go do it because they, they're who they are. You know what I mean? If, you know what I mean, if Shaq decides he wants to go do a movie, who's going to tell Shaq no? Nobody. Because, and I want to be that. I Like, that's what I see. My, and I want it to come from battle rap. I don't want to have to, like, I want battle rap to be that, that mobile to get, to do everything else. Because I feel like the culture itself has so much to offer, like, it would be crazy for me to leave that and go acting and kind of like say fuck battle rap right now. Like it would be, it would be insane, especially being that I've learned so much from it. You know what I mean? So I, I really want to see battle rap take, I want to see it take over. I want to see when you turn on your TV, you're going to hear about the battle rappers and whatever little drama they go on TMZ will be covering it. Like it'll be just a natural thing that battle rap is a part of life. Like, like basketball or football is I want, because, because that's what it is. It's a sport. It's and, it, and and it's the most it's the most um, concentrated artistry that you I think that you'll ever get. I don't think anything else is as I don't think any other um, form of entertainment is as concentrated with that artist's artistry than battle rap. I don't think anything else will ever do it because we it starts from scratch. There is no music. You know what I mean? You're on a stage. All you have is what you have to say and how you say it. You know what I mean? And and that that's it. And you and, and you're you're not just rapping for uh you know a minute. It's not like just rapping on a little beat. You rapping long enough where you have to have enough content to keep people you know keep people entertained. And if you're good at that, you will have you can have millions of people watching you and and being entertained and commenting and interacting you know what i'm saying because it is that type of artistry that is something that is not far-fetched at all as far as leaving battle rap and going into actors and pursuing different careers uh for this upcoming um remake of the fresh prince of bel-air the Shout villain the villain of that series is easy the block captain which is a household name in battle rap Absolutely. He came from Battle Rat, and he's the villain of that. All 
Um, before we get out of here, um, uh, my last question personally, uh, I want to kind of talk about how you plan to uh, leave your staple and you know uh, make way for for other uh, gay battle rappers to come into the culture. Um, and I want to specifically talk about your third round versus uh, Rolex Black, where you addressed you um, you took your third round, which is something that is, that is common in battle rap. They take a, a a round, usually the third round, and they they address certain issues. They address something that's going on in their life. They address um, something that's going on in the world and the culture, or they use that round to break their opponent down. In this third round, you chose to address um, some of the harsh comments that the baby said during that concert. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk about that moment and, and talk about how you plan to kind of um, open up doors and um, remove some of that stigma from gay battle rappers? It was big in hip hop right then. Everybody was talking about the baby, and then it was like this. If you go online, it was the gays versus the straights. That's all you seen. It was just, it was ridiculous. And I felt like people needed to hear it from a gay dude. People needed to hear me tell them and explain to them why this wasn't okay. You know what I'm saying? Like why this wasn't an okay thing to say, and and to let people know that this wasn't about gay. He was talking about people with AIDS. So that's not just gay people like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a there's a lot of people with that, that deal with this. You know what I'm saying? So we like we stop. I wanted I wanted people to stop trying to put us put us against each other. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, we, we all still black. You know what I mean? Like whether I'm whether you straight, you know what I mean? Gay, whatever it is you do, we're, we're still black. So we're not we shouldn't be this divided, you know, what I mean? especially when this isn't the case. Like what the baby did was 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 wrong to. You know what I'm saying? Like to, you know, to to uh, anybody that deals with HIV or AIDS, that wasn't that wasn't a gay versus straight issue. You know what I mean? So I felt like I needed to, uh, of course, I needed to make it, you know, lyrical, and I needed to, you know, be metaphorical with it. However, I still wanted to make make sure I address the issue because no matter what, I am on Ultimate Madness. This is the biggest platform. This everybody's watching. I got to speak on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna. Um, I do run a league. Like I don't own a league. My manager owns a league, but I help run it. It's a battle rap society here in Atlanta. And I've uh, the, uh shout out to Sarah Connor, Team Homie, and Prison Battle League. Prison Battle League is the gay league in New York. Um, they, you know, they've put on mul multiple events, you know what I mean, where there's just been gay battle rappers. Uh for me, I feel like what I'm doing is opening the door. Uh, however, our culture, this battle rap culture is very, you know, you have to show us. So if there's another gay battle rapper, which there are, uh, shout out to Double A, Jay Munn, um, uh, Tez Love, Kata Poet, um, these battlers that are battling, when they take it as serious as I did, they will get the same results. I feel like I've already kicked down these doors. I've I've done I've done the groundwork for everybody. Like it's not going to be hard for you to get on RBE anymore. It's not going to be hard for you to get on URL anymore. You know what I'm saying? If you're nice, you just you're gonna be accepted. I'm I'm very very vocal online, so everybody knows. Like I don't go for the bullshit when I see them trying to like gay bash some of the newer guys. I jump in, I get active. You know what I'm saying? Like you know I don't I don't I don't play it. So I feel like what I'm what I what I'm gonna leave on this culture is what I've done, and opening the door for everybody else is it, it came with what I've done, and I want 
people to take. I want if you're going to come into this culture, it doesn't matter that you're gay. You're not going to get this easy just because you're gay. But it's not it's also not going to be harder. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to have to come in. You're going to have to be talented. You're going to have to have that skill set. You're going to have to have that, that drive, that work ethic, because it takes all that. Even if you're straight, it takes all that. When it comes to prepping, I dealt with more shit, you know, in the room and all that. But when it comes to actually writing and prepping, I, they, I'm i not doing anything more, you know what I'm saying, than they are. You know what I mean? They're focused on their craft just like I am. And if you're going to come into this culture, no matter what you are, gay, straight, whatever, you're going to have to take this culture seriously if you want to excel at it. And you know what I mean? But if you are gay, just know J2 out here and you not already, I not already did it all. I not already cussed everybody out. I done got into the arguments. I done been, I didn't, you know what I mean? I done did the one too with a couple of them. The door is kicked down. It's open. If you want to battle rap, the culture is, is, is ready for you. Just, just know you're not going to get it easy. And that's a perfect way to end it because I want you to know that I'm so proud of you. The fact that my little brother, my straight little brother is hitting me up about what you're doing in the genre that he loves and, you know, in battle rap, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I was like, now he's going to always be my little John John <laughs> tipping around motherfucking the 10 <laughs> in the meadows. <laughs> and you know what's so crazy, Diamond, is that they be forgetting that the shit I be rapping about, they don't realize, like, what I be rapping about, this be real life. I was gay while it was happening, but this is real life. Like, yeah. I ain't rapping no shit. Really never did or won't do and we hood motherfuckers we come we come from the street we come from fighting and doing whatever yeah. the, the shit that you think that um that we have not been a part of this is what we we done been in the culture we would we've been in the we've we been in the sticks with motherfuckers with hood niggas doing hood shit um you know hood niggas been our plug like you think uh these niggas ain't tapped into us you know where y'all think coming from exactly <laughs> so i love it i am so proud of you thank you for doing this with me um hey, I, I yeah you. i just i just tell the people where they can find you uh so I, hopefully i'm gonna get my uh my ig back y'all but right now it's j2 gets busy j2 g-e-t-s-b-u-s-y this is my dog um uh, j2 gets busy uh but if i get it back it's the real j2 twitter the real j2 t-h-e-r-e-a-l-j-t-w-o that's really me on everything y'all like and and if you want to uh really really follow me go to the url youtube channel subscribe to the youtube channel because my last battle versus bad news judged by remy ma and don q and calico will be dropping on the url youtube page which is amazing that's a really 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 big deal um y'all shout out to battle rap society like i said that's my home league if you want to watch some fire battles and some new up and coming guys subscribe to the youtube channel we got a lot of drops on there it's a lot of fire battles um i'm outside man j2 to 2022 i think this is gonna be my year i'm j2 2022 thank you and rock my little bro thank you for hosting this with me and you get what i'm saying you are doing your own little podcast coming soon um the unseasoned sailor what you where can they find you um you can find me on uh my whole handle is at president rally um like she said, I am launching the uh, Unseasoned Sailor podcast, and that's basically a hip hop culture podcast through the eyes of military veterans. So definitely tap in with my vets, tap in with uh, my 
my black people and we're gonna we're gonna rock like that j2 hey man i'm out i'm out in la big dog so whenever you in the city just hit my hey. line i'm at every yeah. event every event that's in la i'm there so oh that's um, fire that's crazy yeah. i didn't know that's that's amazing next time i'm out there i'm tapping in. yeah if you look at if you look at uh suge versus brandon that's me and the red velour on stage right behind suge okay all right man. I'm, all, I'm, I'm always <laughs> tapped in i'm always oh, tapped in Mm -hmm. all right y'all thank y'all for listening this is your girl diamond i will see y'all next week have a wonderful right. night well that's it thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate you can listen to us on itunes and soundcloud make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars y'all and go like our facebook page and leave some comments we will be posting exclusive content every thursday so you definitely don't want to miss out you can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be all right. Oh, Baby, you're the